Running a small business is not for the faint of heart. Running a creative business is even sometimes harder. We're always looking for our next couple. How are we going to find that couple? Casting a wider net of engaged couples. Sure, we have a website. Yes, we spend hours on social media. And many of us even have storefronts. But what about Pinterest? Are we using it to its full impact? Are we using it to create an impact? Are we using it the right way? Come right back after this break, because that's what we're talking about on today's episode of the Perfect Wedding Guide Podcast. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Bobby Brinkman, wedding photographer, industry educator, with 40 years of wedding experience behind the camera as a business owner and an industry cheerleader. Now, along my journey, I've had the opportunity to work alongside some amazing, talented wedding pros. Here on the Perfect Wedding Guide podcast, I'm going to invite some of them to come along and we're going to have a candid conversation about what it's like to be in this wedding industry. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a wedding business owner, the ups and the downs that go along with it. We're going to share some funny and not so funny stories about wedding days. And we're also going to help educate engaged couples so that as an engaged couple, you can better understand why we at Wedding Pros drive you crazy with all our questions and our spreadsheets and your details. Ultimately, it's so that both of us can have a successful wedding day. We're here to motivate, educate, and celebrate each of us in this amazing industry that we love. So join us as we chat all things wedding. Here to inspire each other, here to lift each other up, because the more we know about each other, the better we can serve all our couples. So thanks for tagging along, and back to the show. All right, podcast listeners, today is your lucky day. One of the topics you all write in on and ask me to go out and get a guest for is Pinterest. Well, today, sit back. Don't worry about taking notes because we're going to link you back to this amazing fabulous woman and all the work that she is doing with Pinterest and some other things that are just going to elevate your business as well. But I am thrilled today to welcome to the show Rachel Neal. She also has a podcast called She's Making an Impact Podcast, so I highly suggest you go check that out. But we're going to talk today all about Pinterest, and she is an entrepreneur that can help your business grow and grow it with Pinterest. A little bit about Rachel. She's a former Big Ten volleyball player turned entrepreneur. She's a Pinterest marketing strategist for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs who are sick of struggling on Facebook and Instagram and want to automate their traffic and get more leads on autopilot. She has used Pinterest to increase her blog traffic to 34000 a month, and she's been doing it for free. She is all about teaching everybody how to do this. If you hang out with her long enough, as she says, she'll brainwash into believing in yourself and knowing that you can achieve anything. She definitely has a blog, she has classes, and she has all kinds of online courses. But more importantly, one of the things that I really, really admire about this lady is her giving back and knowing that in order to make money, it will allow us to give back and serve. Your life has a purpose. Your story is important, your dreams count, your voice matters. As she says, you were born to make an impact. So sit back, everybody. We're going to dive into Pinterest and just what it's like to serve once you start making some money, the importance of giving back. Tina will link everything back in show notes for you so you can get to her website, you can get to her blog, and you can indeed follow her on social media. So here we go, folks. We're going to talk about how she's making an impact with Rachel Nell. All right, listeners, I'm super excited to be back today. We have episode 14 on the Perfect Wedding Guide podcast. And one of the things when I started this podcast, I asked what topics was of interest to many of you, and the number one interest was Pinterest. 
So uh, I went out and found myself and ourself a really good person that knows about Pinterest and she knows how to bring it into our creative businesses. So I'm thrilled today that we have Rachel and she is literally Pinterest tips. I mean, your website is wonderful. Her social media is wonderful. I want you all to listen today. We're going to link back in the show notes so you'll be able to link and get to all the information that she has. And she has a lot. Um, I invite all of you to take advantage of some of her free tutorials and sign up for some of her tutorials as well. Invest back in your business. So today we're going to talk about Pinterest market strategies. And uh, one of the things I love, Rachel, is that you say that you're a Pinterest marketing strategist for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. And I think our listeners are going to love that. So welcome to the show and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, I'm Rachel and I got my master's in social work back in the day. Couldn't find a job, ended up with negative $400 in our checking account on food stamps and became an accidental entrepreneur, um, <laughs> kind of a blessing in disguise and started my first business right actually when I was in grad school um, and uh, took that to six figures and started this business she's making an impact August of 2017. And we've had over 4,000 students go through our online courses and it's just been a blast um, teaching Pinterest and lead generation and online courses and all that good stuff. And I think we in the creative industry, you know, that's what we're always uh, looking to do. I, you work with other, you know, individuals and businesses, but I'm always talking, I have 40 years uh, in the wedding industry, and I'm always talking about how we're almost like the real estate industry. You know, once somebody buys the house, they're kind of done with our services. So we, in, and especially in destination markets, you always have to keep reinventing yourself. And I think your lead generation program and just some of the tutorials that you're teaching in the classes can really help the wedding creatives continue to grow their business. But we're in the wedding industry and we all know that every bride and groom goes to Pinterest and just starts clicking. Yep. So maybe you can help those of us who aren't doing the Pinterest thing, maybe let everybody know why it's so important and how it can lead to couples finding us and then maybe expand on how we can tailor it to find the right couple to um, book our services. Yeah. So Pinterest is a search engine, which means people are actively going to that platform searching for something. And pinners are typically actually searching for something when they're getting ready for a big life change, like getting married, they're getting ready, ready to make a big purchase. Um, so they're going to Pinterest to get some ideas and like getting ready for that purchase. And so um, it's really a powerful platform to take advantage of if you can understand search engine optimization and learn how to use that for your benefit. Um, from there, you can get people to your blog where you can really start to build a relationship with them, add value to their lives, and get them on your email list. And that's how I teach using Pinterest. It's really important that you have content that you own. Um, you have an email list that you own. I see a lot of people, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, which I used to do as well. Um, and, you know, your account could get shut down at any point. The logarithm could change and you're screwed. You don't have a list of buyers that you could reach out to. So it's really important that um, you have something that you own and can control, which is your, your blog and your email list. And that is, that is, you think that that is the set that they need to start on. So uh, that brings me to the question of, Blogging is almost a four-letter word for those of in the wedding industry because it's time-consuming. So in your, you know, when you're talking about creating an impact, you almost have to have both of those things go together, like you said, to get that list. And is blogging the first way you think you should start to dive into the Pinterest world? 
So a lot of people, like, they get nervous when I say you need to have a blog because they think they have to be a perfect writer or something like that. And that's definitely not the case. So, I mean, you, what we do is we take our podcast episodes and we, like, we have detailed show notes that we put on our blog and drive traffic to that from Pinterest. You could have a YouTube channel or Facebook Live videos that you're embedding into your blog that you're driving traffic to. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like you actually being a blogger necessarily, but you do need to add value to your ideal client to get them from Pinterest to your blog. So for wedding people that are specifically, let's say the mountains or in the beach, does a lot of that come with how they're keying that Pinterest? Maybe um, explaining, you know, I know based on some of the comments I have, I have really novice listeners uh, with Pinterest. And I have some experienced ones, but it seems like a lot of the questions that are coming in are how important is it to get the photo that goes on Pinterest keyed with the right words? And then the second part of the question, which came from April from New Mexico, is asking how does those keywords on Pinterest match with SEO? Or that's where she's confused. Are they two separate things, but they need to go together? Same thing. So SEO, like that is the keywords basically that you're using. So you're using that when you upload um, your Pinterest image onto the platform. Got you. So that's so when they're, so they should be definitely doing like if it's a beach wedding, they need to have those keywords on the Pinterest photo that they're pinning. And does that match what they're using in the blog? Um. I mean, you want the content to be the same. So you don't want the pin to be about beach weddings and then the content having nothing to do about it. Um, but the, the keywords that you're using on your blog don't necessarily have to be the exact same that you're using on Pinterest. Got you. So that was April had that question from Mexico and it basically just kind of said that she was confused about Pinterest and SEO being two separate things but marrying. So April, hopefully that kind of helped you a little bit going. So let's dive into... How is a good place for somebody to start? They have to set up a Pinterest account and then they just load it all in one day, take the time to load it or building a blog. How do you kind of get your, how do you start off with your students? And then maybe a couple of the courses that you have, you could touch a little bit on where they should be guiding out to take some of your courses, a good place for them to start. Yeah. So um, within Pin With Purpose, which is my Pinterest course, I teach them how to get everything set up on the platform, which you could get things set up over a weekend. Like I've had one of my students binge, binge watch all the videos in a weekend and get everything set up. And so you want to have, you know, your account set up. Um, you want to have some boards set up. You want those boards filled with pins. Um, and then I launched everything. I had, I think three blog posts and that was it. Um, so I just started, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of taking messy action and just getting started and not waiting until everything's perfect. Right. Cause when um, will never be perfect, right? <laughs> it will never be perfect. So start with what you have. Um, and with those three blog posts, you can create seven different Pinterest images that you can put on the platform. Um, you can start repinning other people's content. You can start joining um, Tailwind Tribes, which is a way for you to collaborate with other users. So you have more stuff to put on the platform. Um, you can schedule stuff out with Tailwind. So it doesn't have, you don't have to be perfect. I would just literally start and then you'll make it better as we go. And so that was one of the questions that came in. Um, this looks like it's Susan. Susan did not uh, send the DM and did not tell me where she's from. But her question was, when, how does it work in pinning other people? I'm a photographer, and I'm afraid that if a client is pinning myself, my photos, and other photos, how does, how does it end up getting back to me? 
Okay, so the reason why you would repin someone else's content is one, because of the Pinterest logarithm, the smart feed. And so it's looking to see if you're pinning on a consistent basis, like every day, five pins a day. Um, and if you don't have enough of your own content to be able to do that, then you're gonna have to pin other people's content. Um, as you have more content of your own, you don't necessarily have to be repinning other people's content um, quite so much. The other reason you might repin someone else's content is if you're in a Tailwind tribe. So Tailwind is a Pinterest scheduling app that you can use and they have a really great feature called Tailwind Tribes and it's a way for you to collaborate with other users on the platform. And most tribes have a rule. So if you upload a pin to a tribe for someone else to share it, then you have to share someone's pin in that tribe. Um, so if you want to get some more visibility by joining Tailwind Tribes, then you would end up repinning someone's content. And so these, like I said, I just learned something new. I had no idea that there was something like that. So listeners, yeah. and even myself, I can learn. So that's a really great way if, for instance, you're a destination beach wedding photographer and you might be new to the market, this is a great way to get in and maybe get seen by some other fellow vendors or other people that are looking there. So Pinterest is definitely um, one of the outlets or social media things that we can use that if you're coming to a new market, it could definitely, I want to say launch you, but it could definitely get you into a market faster than just walking in saying, hey, I'm new in this area. If you build this up before you start making a move, I know we're in a lot of, uh, where I am down here, we have a lot of military, so we get a lot of new in and out. And that's one of the questions that they always ask is I'm always reinventing myself when I come to a market. So Pinterest seems that that would be a wonderful outlet to start with that in your blogging, but it would get you in front of other people, like-minded other creatives. Exactly. And it's, it's so simple to position yourself as that go-to expert. You know, one of my students now has one of the top breastfeeding blogs on the internet um, because of all the work that she's done on Pinterest. So I mean, it's, that it's is pretty just, cool. Yeah. I mean, that is just amazing. And like, again, everybody, you know, her, her website is full of information. I mean, I, you know, I was trying to save you guys. I'm trying to dive in and give you guys as much information in the short hour that we that we have with Rachel. But I really am telling you, go to her website. It's just full of so many things um, that you can start with. So, in your opinion, um, especially from the female entrepreneurship, um, it is that is a community all in itself. And and for women who want to start in the creative world, not just photography or not other areas, Pinterest. It, does it work just for creative people or is it working for people like that are real estate people or that are lawyer people? Is it something that can help guide people to your business no matter other than just creative businesses? Yeah, I've seen so many different industries use the platform. I actually spoke at a real estate conference teaching real estate agents how to use the platform. Um, so I really feel like as long as you're creating content and you're adding value, any business can succeed on Pinterest. And in creating content, why don't you, uh, if you could, your definition of content, good, bad, why, and why not on some content? Well, you want your content to be helpful. So you need to make sure you're adding value. The whole goal of creating content is to take someone on Pinterest. So think about the Pinterest user and their experience. They're on the platform and they're searching for something specific. They 
end up finding your pin and it looks like an attractive pin that's gonna teach them how to do that one thing or give them information about that one thing. So they click over and they read that post or watch that video or listen to that podcast. And that's where you can really wow them, where you take that completely random Pinterest user and you can turn them into a raving fan really quickly and you can share it with them. Oh, I have these other resources that can help you that's related to X, Y, and Z. And so I've had people, gosh, I've had private clients actually find me on Pinterest, go through all my content on my blog, like stock my blog and then apply to work with me and sign up to work with me without even, you know, a phone call or anything like that. And that's just the power of the content. So when you get to, so you could literally, and hope listeners are hearing this, you know, I know creative people, we all try to go, okay, get the website up. Then we got to get Instagram going. So there's like 85 things in place mm -hmm. that you have to be in order to get seen. And like you said, no. I don't think we just start. I think we just start. Keep so, it simple and don't, I didn't sign up for Instagram for months after I started my business. It was, I was gonna really, say. my focus was Pinterest and my blog. I have to get this up and running. I have to be super consistent and posting content at least once a week. Once that is good, then we can go on to the next thing. But it wasn't until I was being very consistent that I opened up another platform. Um, I think people want to try to be everywhere, but then they're doing a terrible job on all these platforms when you should be on one and dive in really deep. Right. Yeah. You're everywhere. And then you end up not posting anywhere, you know? Exactly. So that's, and so that's what I was going to say. It's almost as if pinners are just going to Pinterest. And then sometimes from Pinterest, they're just, they, they might be bypassing your website altogether. They go to Pinterest, read your blog, which in essence gets to your website. But is it, are you finding, and, and, and maybe this is where it's going, people are going to Pinterest before they actually go to a website? A lot of times, yeah, because they're searching for something. Exactly. They're yeah. And that gives you, that's a more direct search than just typing in wedding photographer and getting all that. And if you're doing a good job at Pinterest, if you type in wedding photographer, Savannah, Georgia, and I've got really good pins, I'm going to be up there on top, right? Exactly. Yep. So that's, that's amazing. That was one of the questions uh, this person did not, you know, I don't know their name. It just says uh, Rapid DJ. Um, so wherever you're from, Rapid DJ, that was one of his things. It says, can other people in the wedding industry like DJs, is there any way that we can showcase our work that people understand from Pinterest being a sound person and people hearing us? How does Pinterest help those of us that are not picture perfect people? I mean, it doesn't have to be your own artwork that you're sharing on the platform. And I would not consider myself a very creative person or someone that's great at creating graphics or anything like that. I mean, you should see some of the old pins I used to create. Holy moly. Um, but you could easily create your own graphics using Canva, which is a free platform. And they have the perfect Pinterest template for you to use. And they make it so simple for you to just create something that's going to work really well on the platform. Um, so even if you're not a designer, which I am not, you can still do it. Well, I think that's the thing, you know, if something's not in your ream of what you know how to do, find other creatives that can help you and together you're building that community. So I think yep. that's great. I want to shift a little bit off Pinterest, but also still stay on Pinterest. One of your recent uh, Instagrams, speaking of Instagram was all about shifting your vision. So maybe you can share um, with our listeners, especially the importance of it's really needed to grow your business, to get sometimes coaching outside of an industry that you might be in. For instance, somebody like you, that you can do Pinterest and some other things. Why do you feel 
especially women entrepreneurs, that we don't often want to step out and ask for help. And maybe you could just tell everybody really how important it is and some of the benefits that you bring if they sign up with you and as a coach, and maybe just your approach is a little bit different. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, coaching changes everything, <laughs> you right. know, like, cause you just don't know what you don't know. And sometimes we're so close to our businesses that we don't see our, like our own genius. And so I'll give the example of my client, Dawn. She was working a full-time job when she signed up to work with me and wanted to start her own thing. And I was like, all right. Um, she, her idea of her business was she wanted to teach, um, like manifestation and mindset to Christians. And I'm like, I don't see that as being a very profitable niche. It's going to be an uphill <laughs> battle, dude. What's your day job? And so she told me her day job was creating funnels and doing Facebook ads. I was like, let's just have that be your business. Right. So literally within four months, she's already matched, like not even matched, like within four months, she made as much as she did at her full-time job in four months time. And she's going to be able to quit that full-time job. I told her first have six months emergency fund saved up, which she's on her way to do. And then she's going to quit. Um, but that's the thing. Like she wouldn't have been able to really understand how much she actually knew and how brilliant she is at this one thing. If she didn't have the coaching, you know, like we're so close to our own genius. We just don't see it. And that was the same thing for me. Like I didn't see Pinterest as being my genius. Um, I was until say, I, based I, on your story, how you got to Pinterest, which is, we can talk about that in a minute, but you know, you guys, she has this great story. And, so, and I wanted to say, so how did you get to Pinterest from that? And that also is how did you get to your coaching part of it? Like you said, you didn't know all that you could do and look what all you're doing and you're helping so many people along the way. Yeah. So, I mean, I had like 50,000 followers on Facebook and 20,000 on Instagram and it was great back in the day, but when the logarithm shifted, my yeah. business suffered. And so I had to learn something else and that was Pinterest and blogging. And so I just focused on that. Um, I had no real strategy, but I noticed my traffic was increasing and I had like 30,000 people coming to my blog every month. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm onto something. Um, and it wasn't until I hired a business coach and it wasn't cheap. Like Hiring a business coach, it's an investment, but I knew that investment would pay off. And I'm always a big um, proponent of following your gut. And I had this gut feeling I needed to work with this woman. And um, I took that investment on and paid it off <laughs> within the first month. Um, and, you know, our first year we did insanely well and we just continued to grow, but it would never have happened if I didn't have someone kind of showing me the ropes and telling me like, all right, step one, this is what we're going to do. Step two, this is what we're going to do. Um, it's really important that you have someone that's been there before you. It's literally like, if I try to do it on my own, it would have taken me like 10 years, 20 years instead of one year to do what we were able to do. Well, and I think too, like wedding photographers, for instance, I'll just use them. And even DJ, since we just had a DJ comment, if we spend all this money investing in our equipment and sometimes we really don't really know how to use it, but we'll sit on YouTube and we'll look about how does this lens work? How does this work? You know, and that's only going to get you so far if you don't yeah. understand some general people skills. And one of the questions I get asked when I'm teaching is, gosh, Bobby, how did you stay in this business for 40 years? And a lot of it is, you know, you all are smarter than me on this techno side, but I just never stopped evolving. I just mm -hmm. always kept trying to learn. And I'm a lot like you. I don't necessarily need to talk to somebody in the wedding industry because I really do think I have that. But maybe if I talk to somebody about, hey, what if you grow this when your wedding industry stops? Or how about when you want to ship? You already know how to do this. Maybe that will parallel. Just like you said, you didn't know that it was going to be the Pinterest path path that you went on, but look how fast you built that 
and seeking coaching outside, it, it does. It elevates us, but it also brings us down because somebody says, hey, look, you know better than that. You can do better than that, and you can be better than that. And if you're with somebody that you see every single weekend working, and I'm not begrudging all my fellow wedding pros I see on Saturdays, but we just experience the same thing. So how are we ever going to keep evolving if it's if we do the same thing every single time and things aren't changing? So that's you know that's one of the things. And so I also know that one of the things that you're really really good at is helping write these killer blogs. Yeah. So maybe let our listeners know you know as they start diving because I know some of our listeners are and we're growing. Thank you everybody by the way. You know I, I, we had over 200 uh, listeners uh, last week on the podcast as as, as Rachel may know. I'm growing this. I'm helping another business get this off the ground. So I'm thrilled that we are getting content out there that is interesting to engage couples. So one of the things, maybe you could help somebody listening in. If they're struggling for something and they go to your website and they see, where do you think they should start with you? Do you think they should start about the blogs or how to get followers? Or is it you're going to offer them some a little bit of guidance to figure out where they should start? <sighs> Yeah. I mean, what they should do is grab my free Pinterest cheat sheet and then you'll be on my email list and we send out some really helpful emails that'll help you um, and guide you. You should definitely subscribe to our podcast too. So we have all that information on our blog as well. Um, and then you could book a free strategy call with someone on our team so we could figure out what the next best, best step for you would be. Um, you know, for some people it might be, you know, going through pin with purpose and really understanding Pinterest strategies. I'm a huge fan of creating multiple income streams and branding yourself. So even if you might be in the wedding industry now, you should have something else that you're doing that's bringing in income. And that's something that I've definitely been working on over the past couple of years because I was only in network marketing. And when it was making six figures, life was really good. But when that company restructured, our income was cut in half. And that was a huge wake up call to me that we need to make sure we're diversifying our income right. stream. Um, exactly. right away. Um, so you, you never want to have all of your eggs in one basket. And that's something that I, I like to help my students with too. Well, and I think too, it's like, you know, with the joke around it is that the wedding industry is always, you know, recession proof and everything else because somebody's always wanting to get married. But I also remind everybody that, you know, in most states, you just need a piece of paper and anybody can marry you. So any other vendor that you hire is a luxury, you know? So, I mean, yeah. we don't have to be, so we have to take care of our other things. And, and I do think that it's oversaturated, especially in our creative field. And I'm not knocking anybody again, but it's like everywhere you go, somebody has tips and tricks. And so that's why I'm a big proponent for getting out of the industry, finding somebody else that can help you create that other stream of income and how it keeps going. And, and so again, listeners, everything will be linking back so you can get all the things that Rachel's talking about. So maybe Rachel, we can chat a little bit about, the importance of pinning. And one of the questions that came in was, is if I stop pinning and come back, how do I, and I start pinning again underneath a different business, talking about streams. This person says she's leaving wedding floral business and going into the wedding planning business. Um, does she still need to be talking about weddings in general? Or are you talking about specifically weddings to the clients you're trying to attract? So, I mean, you could be pinning other people's content, that's weddings in general, um, but I would make sure that you're creating content that's specific to the kind of person that you want to attract. Um, so one of my clients was actually in the wedding industry and she had um, 
something that she was selling on Amazon. And so her ideal client was like the DIY bride. And so all the content she was creating was for the DIY bride. And within 60 days, she tripled her sales. Wow. Because she offered something that the person needed and you may not know they needed. So that's, yeah. So that's, and you're, and you're showing that you're the expert when it comes to this. So when we, when we start, when we start talking about wedding people, whether you're officiant or a venue, um, I would think that, and if you can elaborate a little bit, wedding venues are one of the spots that people always go to and look first. So I would think that showing off weddings at your venue and pinning like crazy um, would be such a key factor in keeping you booked. Definitely. And then I would create content, like things to know when choosing a wedding venue, like something like that, if that's, you know, your industry. And that's what I was going to say. That's the key is, is having a question with five tips or something like this. Mm -hmm. um, that's what you want to try to do in your content, not just go, here's a pretty barn wedding. You want to either educate, offer the experience or showcase what about that. So you have to, you have to show yourself in these blogs as the expert or offering an experience. You can't just go, Hey, here's my pretty barn picture. Exactly. So you could do a blog post on like five gorgeous New England wedding venues. Gotcha. And that was one of the questions that just came in. How important is it to have the geotagging, which, and again, everybody, listeners, I, I'm just trying to be considerate. And when I read these questions, so sometimes they may be really logical, but we're all here to share and learn. So it goes back to the question. How important is having those geotags on your photos and how, many, how much is too much description on a pin? Um, so Pinterest will actually cut you off at a certain point. So I forget how many characters it is. You want to use your pin description wisely. Um, and one of the things that you can actually do is use the keyword of where your location is in that pin description. And so, you know, use the example of like New England wedding. So in the pin description, you can say something like, are you having a New England wedding? Um, in this post, I'll share with you five beautiful venues for a New England wedding. And so then when someone's searching on Pinterest or even on Google, because pins show up on Google too, um, then you can actually be found based off of the location that you're using in that pin description. And that's a perfect segue because the next question was, does Google and Pinterest play nice together? Yes, very nice. <laughs> so or should you be doing, maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. How important is doing Google? I know we talked about not being everywhere at one time, but if you were doing Pinterest and Google or Pinterest and something else, it's important to keep up on Google and make sure that all the Google things are lining up with other Pinterest and in doing one or the other, that will help both grow. So if you're going to go through the, the trouble of creating content, you might as well make it SEO friendly for Google as well. And it's really not that hard. There's a plugin you can download called Yoast SEO. And you, I'm sure there's tutorials on how to use it. Right. And it's so, so easy. Once you learn how to make your blog posts SEO friendly, it's just like, you might as well. It might take you an extra couple minutes to do that in the beginning. But after, like now when I write my blog posts, it's always with search engines in mind. I never just write a blog post to write a blog post. It's always very intentional with proper keywords, proper titles and headlines and all of that stuff. Um, and if you're creating stuff for Pinterest, it's just like mine as well. It's not going to take you that much more time. Exactly. So that was one of the other questions we got was how important is like, for instance, does YouTube 
and Pinterest play well together? Yeah, well, so yes, and you can create pins that's driving traffic to YouTube, but I don't want you actually driving traffic to YouTube because what happens when you're on YouTube? You get lost in the, like a hole and you never come out. Right. And the main goal of Pinterest is to get people on your email list. You want to send them to your blog that you own and you control. Um, so while you can drive traffic to YouTube and Instagram and all these other places, I would much rather you take that YouTube video, embed it onto your blog and drive traffic there. Gotcha. See, look at that tip. I'm telling you, Rachel, full of tips today. <laughs> you know, well, so let's talk about it a little bit. So how, how, and again, I rephrase it just a little bit, but you know, what are the steps to set up a strategic system and how do you, do you I know you just said start, but there's also setting it up and then being smart about it. So maybe you can just share with listeners a little bit about, you know, yes, just open the door, sit down on the weekend and start going, but somebody's totally not on Pinterest. What do they need to do? So I would play on the platform for a little bit and just kind of see what's happening and then search in your industry and see what kind of content's being put out there, um, what's happening and what are the gaps. And so, you know, when I was searching real estate stuff, preparing for my speech, like there were hardly any real estate agents actually doing it right and doing what I teach. Um, so you want to make sure like you see what's happening and then what are the gaps? How could you kind of fill in the gaps? I would do some keyword research. And so when you're on the platform, you can just start typing in the Pinterest search bar and Pinterest has an autofill feature. So if I start typing in intermittent fasting, you're going to see a bunch of other keywords kind of pop up like for women or 16 and eight, or just like all these other things. And those are more specific keyword terms that you actually want to use. You want to get pretty specific with your search terms. Um, and that's going to help you show up at the very top of Pinterest. Um, so just getting an idea and doing some keyword research, that's really going to help you understanding what kind of content you should be creating. And then you could just create like maybe an idea of a month or two months worth of blog posts and just I use Trello to stay organized it's a free um, app that I use for my life and everything and blog content um, so you could just wherever you want to stay organized but you could just come up with an idea of like a month's worth of blog content and just start there so that's why another reason why you don't really want to have the word wedding in every single pin or do you want to use the word wedding in every pin to me that's such a broad and if I'm trying to attract an ideal client, I know this overused word in our industry, but if I'm a destination person who doesn't want to leave my beach and I only want to do beach weddings, just typing weddings may not get the right person to find me. But if I'm doing beach weddings in coastal Georgia and people are looking for that, it's going to attract more of a client that I can serve. Yeah. So I wouldn't just use the keyword wedding. So I actually just opened up Pinterest and started typing in beach yep. weddings and it autofilled beach weddings in Florida. Yep. So you'd, I would much rather use that <laughs> keyword as opposed to just wedding. Exactly. And so that's the thing, like you said, you just open up, if you want to find something out, just start typing. And I think that goes with SEO as well. So that's, that's what I wanted the listeners to understand. It's, it's, I, why do you think so many people are afraid of Pinterest? I mean, it's, it's just the unknown. Yeah. <laughs> the unknown can be scary. And that's why I said, just come and play for a little bit so you can get used to it. And, and maybe you can step on the other side of the screen. Like you just did, you just went and logged in. So if you're somebody that was wanting to get married on a beach wedding, 
what's the view like from an engaged couple? What can vendors do? And again, I know we're just talking weddings, so I appreciate the fact that you're, you know, our listeners are there. But what can we do as vendors that make it better for us to be found when an engaged couple, like you just type that in, how can I better make sure that couple finds me? So what kind of vendor are you? Exactly. So if you're a florist or photographer, you know, like for me, I'm a photographer. So I don't want to just do wedding photography like we talked about. So you want to key it down and go. So are engaged couples, in your opinion, coming and looking for beach weddings or a state wedding? Or are they narrowing it down to wedding photographers, wedding florists? So they're probably doing a mixture of both. I, you know, if I think of me when I'm the bride and I'm looking for um, ideas, you know, we got married in Morocco. And so I was actually looking for like Moroccan wedding decor ideas and that kind of thing. Um, But I just searched photography in Florida and a whole bunch of things popped up. Uh, So I would just think of getting the, the head of your ideal client and think when they're on the platform, what are they really searching for? What do they need? Exactly. And I think, and I think that's, that's why I think people get so afraid because they start typing and they get so hung up on trying to tag all these keywords. Is it important to use all of the, as much as you can use on Pinterest until they cut you off? Or is it better to have less keywords and a variety of keywords? So in this example, like photography in Florida, I would just use that main keyword into that description. And so, you know, you'd want it to be conversational and an example would be like, hey, are you looking for some great photography in Florida? In this post, I'll share with you, yada, 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 Um, uh, repin and grab my free photography checklist or whatever it is. Um, So you want to use that long tail keyword within that pin description. You don't want to be like keyword stuffing um, all the keywords that you find because on the other end of the computer, it's a human being that's reading the pin description. Exactly. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, it's it's like that. When you go to a menu, when you go to a menu and there's 8,000 apps, you're like, oh my God, forget it. I don't need an app. You know, so that was one of the questions that came up, happens to be a photographer um, that's in South Carolina. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but it says, I'm really starting to use Pinterest in my business and I'm trying to write blogs, but I'm stuck on the fact of, I only want to pin my photos when I, when I do the blog, I only want to use my photos that I'm pinning. Am I doing myself a disservice by only pinning my own photos? Yeah, you should create stuff in Canva and I would test it because sometimes um, pins without pictures actually perform better than pins with pictures. Um, So you could test it, test a pin that has text on it, um, test a pin that has a picture and text on it. Pins with text always perform better than pins without. Um, So I would just kind of test and play around and see what's going to convert the best. That's perfect. Now we're going to dive into the money side of it, which is an iffy situation for a lot of wedding vendors. We don't talk money. We don't talk price. God forbid somebody might find out what we charge, you know, like we can't figure it out. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast topic, but, but you are teaching how to make money and monetize by using Pinterest because you know, it can be done. Oh yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So your steps are, When you take one of your courses, you're going to help teach and learn all the things we talked about here today, and it will help you find that client that will keep you booking so that where you don't want to put all your, and you don't want to invest in your marketing and all in one spot, but 
it's fairly reasonable and cost was, I don't want to say the word cheap, but it's fairly reasonable to start in Pinterest and seeing a revenue come back if you're doing things correctly. Oh yeah. It's a pretty fast trail to get there. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, nothing does, but I've had some of my students, like I said, triple their sales in 60 days. Right. Um, so it's definitely possible. Yeah, so Pinterest, I mean, Pinterest is a longer term game though. Um, so I actually still make sales from my fitness blog that I haven't touched in two and a half years. I haven't done anything on the blog, anything on Pinterest, and I'm still able to get traffic like thousands of people every month to that blog and still making sales from it, which is pretty cool. Wow. That's amazing. Well, that brings us to the next, brings us to the next question. Um, I have Tim and he is an online educator does not say if it's wedding or not, but since he came in on a DM, I'm guessing he might be. Um, I'm an online educator. Um, can I use Pinterest to help monetize my online courses? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's what we do. So what you want, it's a little bit indirect. So I don't send people like to a sales page to, to buy my course. Cause remember it's cold traffic and they're not going to buy the first time they see your course. Right. So you got to warm them up a little bit. And so what we do is we get people onto our email list. And then from our email list, we actually direct them to an automated webinar um, that sells our course. Got you. So that way, Tim, when he gets his courses all going, it's another avenue to let people know in a broader range that he sells online courses. Yeah. Fantastic. One of the things I... You know, full disclosure, I've not met Rachel, and I just became a fan of hers by, you know, reading and hearing, and when I was diving into, people let me know, and her, her name was mentioned to me by several people that I think have already taken your class, but one of the things that she loves to teach is the more money that you make, the greater impact you can have, and I yes. believe that. I'm all about people first, profits, you know, I believe in that too, so maybe, maybe tell us a little bit about some of those things that are near and dear to your heart, and why you know, you continue to do your Pinterest, it allows you and your other coaching classes, you make an impact on the people that are taking your classes, but in general, the impact is much larger and you can all be giving back. So maybe just share a little bit of those passions with us. Yeah, for me, it's always been Africa. Um, when I was 19 or 20, I became a Christian and God told me to go to Africa and I didn't know anybody on the continent and didn't know what the heck I was going to do. Um, but elephant. <laughs> yeah, everything ended up like falling into place and I was able to move to Kenya for six months and it completely transformed my life and ended up, you know, changing everything, getting my master's in social work. I ended up moving to Senegal before I got my master's and met my husband there. Um, he's actually there right now getting our nonprofit set up. And so I'm a big fan of, um, you know, building schools and education and all of that. So that's one of the first things that we're going to be doing in Senegal. Um, there's a good chance we'll end up moving there and actually living there. Um, it's, it's just crazy when you're there, like, it's like every day you get to touch someone's life here in America. It's like, it's just, it's too comfortable for me. <laughs> I'm too comfortable. I need to go over there. Uh, but there's so many things in your business that you could do to make a greater impact. So an example a few examples. One, we did a challenge um, not too long ago, and I wanted 
people to have a little bit of skin in the game for the challenge. So I charged them $10 for them to join. And we took all that money and we donated it. And I matched every donation um, to go to, towards our nonprofit. Um, another example, I partnered up with a couple of my friends and we did this like three hour teaching training series. Um, and we bundled together some of our courses that we sold and took all that money and donated it to International Justice Mission. And we were able to um, free some slaves of human trafficking. So, I mean, there's so many things that you could do, but for me, it's always motivated. Like making money is great, but I'd much rather make an impact on the world. You know, you can only buy so much stuff. Well, and, and, and sadly the world that we live in, and you know, why we all can sit there and tell you that it doesn't require money to make an impact and we can all deny our time. When you're a small business owner, as you know, your time is also when you need to be making your money. So I do believe that, uh, especially in the wedding industry, I'm always a proponent of, you know, we have we have several organizations, um, and I talk about those, and I'll have Tina link back. But, you know, we can help couples that are dying, or um, we have all these wedding dresses, and we have all these things that end a wedding that don't go anywhere. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, we need to make sure these go someplace where people can use them again and be blessed that they may not be able to afford this, but they can easily get dressed in a dress. They can have some of these, you know, artificial flowers used again. So we have to not just be such a disposable income, you know, income. We can't be so disposable with the service that we provide at the end of the night, just put on a trash can because somebody else paid for it when it yeah. can be used for something else. So yeah. I, I think that those are mindful. So that's kind of an interesting thing. So if you go over there and move because Pinterest and your coaching is internet driven. Is that something that you can continue or because you have built such a wonderful following and community, it will be doing the work while you maybe you're setting up and not doing something. And that's again, the beauty of Pinterest. It's working 24 seven where you can take a break, but somebody can still find you all over the time zones and all over the world. Yeah. So I actually built this business when we were living in France. And so it doesn't require me to be anywhere. Um, in particular, I could be anywhere. Um, and what crazy enough, like where my husband is right now, Senegal has really good internet connection, which <laughs> I didn't even know. Like today in Orlando, my, I was doing a group training program for my students in activate and my internet wasn't working. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> like, it's supposed to be good here. I'm in America. What's happening? Everybody um, went today and they're all on their phones. Yeah. I don't see myself just not working my business because I love what I do. Um, I have students that have, you know, invested in programs to work with me for the entire year. Um, and I would never leave them hanging. And I, I think what I've been given this platform, it's a gift and I get to help people, um, like in my group program activate, they're all purpose-driven entrepreneurs that want to make a greater impact in the world and I can help them make more money so they can go and help more people. So one of my students is adopting three boys from Haiti and she wants to move to Haiti and teach entrepreneurship there and start businesses. Um, and if I can help them and give them some of the tools and the resources that they need to do that, like the ripple effect is just huge. Got you. No, I, I agree with that 100%. And I mean, that's one of the beauties of it. That I think that's why another reason why people are just afraid of Pinterest. It's, well, I have to go do that. But if you understood, if you're wanting to support yourself so that you can make an impact, you can sit here all day long and post on Instagram, but somebody's got to go look at right now. Where if, you're, if you just got done with the wedding and you blogged about this wedding and you have some pins, it's done. And now that can be out there working for you and continuing to grow your business where you're in control of the driver's seat. You know, if you only want to do five weddings a year, no matter what you're in, 
to put the work in on social media, put the work in on Pinterest and your blog and get those 10 weddings and move on. Um, Instead of sitting here every day, you know, knocking on the doors. I mean, no, we're only a business, no matter what industry, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, you've got to take the leap of faith and keep knocking on doors and knocking on windows. I mean, I don't care that we live in a social media world right now. It's just, we have to, you know, get in and getting everything done. So you got to pay attention. Let's, uh, let me ask you this. What are, what are some of the things, cause you're, you're a business owner, creative business. What are some of the things that you've learned in the last couple of years that you wish you would have known maybe earlier on? Well, in my first business, I worked my butt off um, to get to a, you know, that six figure income at the top right. of the company and all that. Um, ended up giving myself adrenal fatigue and leaky gut and gaining 30 pounds. And so if you don't have your health, you got nothing. Right. Um, so you know, right now I work about 25 hours a week and I'm actually 35 weeks pregnant. When the baby comes, I'll be working 10 to three, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so it's really important that you have boundaries and you keep them. And it's for me, I'm someone who like, I used to find a lot of significance in my work and how much money I was making and all of that. And it wasn't until I learned my value and other things, um, that I was able to rest and I take weekends off and I don't look at social media or anything um, over the weekends and I just I'm able to enjoy life a little bit more I think that's one of the biggest biggest things also having a great team um, so I'm able to work you know 25 hours 20 hours a week with the company and the size that we are because I have a great team in place and I've been able to delegate um, and trust them with a lot of our business. And so I went to um, Global Leadership Summit two years ago. I've actually gone the past two years. And I remember Craig Rochelle, he said, you can either have growth or you can have control, but you can't have both. And that was, that has stuck with me ever since. And it's a huge lesson that I always teach my students because they're always like, I want to outsource, but I'm too like much of a perfectionist. They can't do it as good as me. And what Craig said is if someone can do it like 70 to 80% as good as you can, like get it off your plate. And so that's one of the big things that I've been continuously working on is how can I get more stuff off my plate? How can I delegate more? So like hiring a house cleaner to come every week now, um, that has been like the best investment I've ever made in my life. Um, that's one of the big things. Exactly. But, but, but it's true because, you know, that's not a creative thing. And I mean, let's face no. it in the world, you know, I always laugh all the time and say, when I, when I get to a Saturday in a wedding, I'm so thrilled because it's the one day I finally get to be a photographer while I'm still out there marketing and doing everything. It's I'm not answering the phone or cleaning that toilet. I actually behind the camera doing what I got in this business to begin with, let alone did anybody tell me, but wait, the other six days of the week, you're running your ass off, right? You know, you're, you're, you're out there trying to do things and get things to happen. So you touched on it just a little bit, but you built a team. And that's one of the things within the wedding industry, like you said, outsourcing, getting things done. How long did it take you to f- build a team? And did you find your team through past clients, social media? Just curious how you went about getting people that you trust yeah so it's been like it's been like you know like layering a foundation it's one person at a time um so my first person that i ever hired was uh, a virtual assistant from the philippines for 650 an hour he's been with me for years now um so he was like the first person just to take a little some of the little tasks off my plate and then i knew i needed to up level and hire someone a little more professional um i found her on upwork.com 
and I have a, a really good filtering process when I hire. Um, so it weeds out all the stinkers and she's amazing. She's been with us for over two years and I shared my hiring process with her and she knows my business so well that she actually is in charge of like hiring anyone on our team. Um, but she has recommended our customer service person, Michelle, and our Pinterest manager, Andrea, is her sister. Um, and then Lizzie, I hired on Indeed.com. She does our social media management. Um, and a lot of it has been like past students too, or word of mouth. So we have coaches within Activate that help me support our students. And one of all of them, actually, all of our coaches are past students um, that have gone through the program and have loved it and wanted to, you know, be a part of it and help and learn, continue to learn and grow. Um, so kind of all over the place, but it started with Upwork and Indeed and then kind of that word of mouth from there. Gosh, I mean, guys, like I said, that's in the creative industry. It's like because you're creative and you can't do that, like you said earlier. I've got about four more questions here. One of them says, Can you please ask Rachel what would be her top five tips for keeping Pinterest moving forward? Not sure what that means, but top five <laughs> tips for Pinterest. Um, create great images. So, like I said, use Canva, have text on it. You want them to, you know, you can actually open up Pinterest on your phone and start scrolling and see what stops your scroll. And so you want your pins to be stop the scroll worthy. So have bright colors, really grab your attention. Um, you want your blog optimized for that Pinterest traffic. So when they come from Pinterest, you want to make a really great first impression. You want to be able to build that relationship and really add value through your content. Um, you want to make sure on your blog that you have places where they can opt in and get on your email list, have a pop-up, reference it within the blog post. Don't just have a box at the bottom of your website that says subscribe to my newsletter yeah. because no one wants to subscribe to your newsletter. Um, sign up for a tailwind so you can start pinning on a consistent basis. When you get this all set up, you shouldn't have to spend more than 30 minutes to an hour on Pinterest um, per month, not like per day. Um, so you can get everything scheduled and really have, you know, a system up and running. Um, and fifth tip, once they're on your email list, that's really your opportunity to shine and build a relationship with them. So make sure you stay in contact with your email list. The follow-up on that, you touched on it, is can you ask Rachel how important newsletters are if you're working on Pinterest? Uh, don't call it a newsletter. No one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like 15 years ago that worked. Uh, I, remember, I remember my mom getting the church newsletter. And at that time, it would come in the mail, folded over. You know, it was those eight, 11 by 17s. It was folded over. It was usually blue or yellow with a little stick on the side. And it says, don't forget, on Wednesdays, there's spaghetti dinner at four. I mean, that's what the newsletter was about, right? I remember that those church newsletters coming. And I mean, my parents were on the board of the church. So I'm like, don't you guys already know what's in this newsletter? I mean, you know, anyway. Sorry. Yeah, so no, no newsletters we just send out emails that are going to add value um, to our list so it's never a newsletter um, but it's always like value add um, so it might be sending people to a podcast or a blog post that we wrote or maybe it's just a video that I found on YouTube that touched me and I wanted to share it with them maybe it's a message that's on my heart or a story maybe it's a call to action to join a webinar or my friend's webinar or something like that um, but always value adds and that kind of a, was a question that comes on here and it kind of just says new to your new new follower here um i see that you do often do i you often go on instagram with video how important is it and should we all be using the 
uh, IG Story and IGTV. Um, I'm a creative entrepreneur. I sell online courses. Okay. Just hold your horses. Yep. Um, start with Pinterest and your blog, and then um, you can move over to Instagram. But like I said before, we have a social media manager. And so she's able to take a lot of my content and repurpose it. And she creates a lot of our Insta stories and our IGTV videos. Um, it might be old videos that I did like a year ago that she's repurposing. Um, or, you know, sometimes I go live on Facebook, usually like two to three times a week. And she'll take that and she'll put it on IGTV, um, Instagram and stories and all that stuff. That's a place where you can build a relationship with your audience after they're on your email list. And so once they're on your email list, you could send them one of your emails could be a call to action to follow you on Instagram. But again, don't go there until you've, you've, you've done the work of Pinterest and and your blog. And then well, I think you touched on that too. I don't know that why we want to make it hard. You just said that it's easy as follow me on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, something that simple, the call to action be, Hey, glad you're here. Follow along here. You don't, you don't have to sit there and rack your brain for what do I ask them to do? You just ask them to do something. Yep. You know, I think we often forget to put ourselves as a customer. And if we would put ourselves as the customer, we might understand a little bit what we need to be doing, you know, yep. and your Instagram is very clean. It's got, you know, the quote, the, you know, something important and the quote, you know, you got one of those clean groups of nine that fit into the, uh, when you look at the nine, you, you're getting impact. So, you know, again, everybody she's making impact is the Instagram. And if she's got these social media managers that can help you and a whole team of people, which I think you've heard, I think it's kind of silly uh, not to be taking advantage of uh, Pinterest. And like I said, you all asked me, but you all asked me the questions that are hard and you want something to be easier. I think she showed you how to put the work in. Um, and again, I can highly recommend going to her website and, uh, and starting there. I mean, I think, uh, you know, she has, she has full of information. I, you know, I wouldn't support it guys. I haven't taken the courses, but I wouldn't support it if I didn't think what I saw could be impactful and easy to use for all the listeners because I know when I'm out speaking I get asked why should I keep buying everybody's stuff when their stuff doesn't teach me anything uh, I think in this short hour that Rachel shared with you um, she's got her stuff together everybody and she really wants you to uh, she wants you to advance she's not she's not doing to make millions for herself she's wanting all of you to make the millions so we, together we can make an impact so you know I think that's great um, two last questions if you don't mind one of them came, for the, uh, came from a Rachel. I'm Rachel from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I too have several businesses, um, but they fall underneath creativity. Should I be pinning underneath three different business names or just having one? For instance, you have, she makes, she's making an impact as your social media Instagram. Do I need to do the same thing for my Pinterest, keeping it all under one umbrella? It depends on how similar they are. Like, do they have similar ideal clients? Um, is it all going to lead to the same blog? If it's all going to lead to the same blog, then you could probably have just one account and keep everything there. But if it's different businesses with different blogs, then you're going to want different accounts. Gotcha. That's, that's what I would have suggested. So perfect. Uh, the other question is um, Pinterest moving forward. Any changes you think you'll see in Pinterest and any highlights or insight you can give us on those dang algorithms? That's what they're saying. <laughs> um, well, the logarithm really doesn't change like people think it does. They're always like, there's been a logarithm change. A lot of times it's seasonality. 
And so like people see traffic spikes in the new year because people are searching and they want to make a change. So I know like my fitness blog takes off in January and February and then over the summer and, you know, October, November, December, no one wants anything to do with their health and fitness. So traffic goes down. Um, so just keep in mind like the seasonality of the platform when you are creating content and don't freak out when traffic goes down. It's just like, look at um, like trends. So you can keep track of trends on a year to year basis. Well, I mean, same thing. Everybody you hit on it. Nobody goes to the gym in March, <laughs> February, they're all there, you know, yeah. and that's, that's, that doesn't mean that the industry in. And then um, the last question that might be a good one to end on. Is there any reason you think, is there any reason, is there any reason Pinterest would be harmful to a business or any reasons why you could see Pinterest wouldn't benefit anybody? It's a broad question. Not that I could think of. Okay. I, I really haven't seen a business where like I would be like, Pinterest is not for you. It's not for you if you're not willing to create content and put in the work. Right. Like if you just want to send people to like your Etsy shop or something like that, then it's probably not going to be for you because you're going to have to do a little more work than that if you really want to reap the benefits the right way. Um, but as long as you're willing to put in a little bit of the work, which again, like this is stuff that you could have someone on your team doing. Like you could, we do Pinterest management on our team. Uh, like you could have someone completely take this over for you. Then you don't have to worry about it. Right. So it's more about the pretty pictures. It's like, get some great pictures up there, talk about the content and still be yourself. Those are keys. I think no matter what business you're in, if you show somebody something, it stops the scroll. You explain that you're the expert and why they should invest in you. And I think that that is something, whatever business you're in, it'll help you grow. And especially in the wedding industry, you heard her say that people go when they want to search for a life change. So when people are getting married, they go grab their bridal magazines, even though they're not going to hire anybody in them because they're just bridal magazines from all over. But then they start searching Google and they start searching, you know, Pinterest. And that's why I think especially wedding photographers have a love hate interest. I know planners tell me that a love hate interest Pinterest because everybody brings me and shares me their Pinterest board. And 90% of what they're showing me won't even happen at the venue that they just pinned but they like the pretty picture and they like the content and whatever it was about that on Pinterest, it led them to me. So I should be happy that something worked. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well guys, thank you so much, Rachel. I'm going to let you go. Thank you for spending the hour with us. Everybody, like I said, show notes are going to be chock full of the ways to get back to Rachel. And I'm going to tell you, you do want to get into that free insider vault. You want to take advantage of her free, educational, instructional, wonderful, motivational things she has, and then sign up to get on some of these classes and you know, at least reach out with an email and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. Where do I start? I think you heard from her that she's all about teaching and helping and monetizing as well, but it is a business, um, but she wants you to exceed as much as she is. So thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us. Everybody go out there and have a fabulous weekend. Remember what we do is Wedding Creatives Matters. And uh, be your best, do your best, offer your best, and uh, everybody have a fabulous day. Thanks again, Rachel. Thank you. Hey, Perfect Wedding Guide listeners. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. I wanted to take this opportunity to invite you to join us and be part of the Perfect Wedding Guide family. 
We provide online profile directories. We can help you with some social media marketing. Um, we have wonderful wedding shows we'd love to have you be a part of. We have a couple bundles that might just be the perfect fit to help your business get found by engaged couples. So in the show notes, I want you to go there and take a look. We're going to connect you with uh, account executives in certain markets as well as the owner of Perfect Wedding Guide. And you can email or reach out by phone to these individuals and let them know that you are a loyal Perfect Wedding Guide podcast listeners and they have a special promotion going on just for you. So as we get ready to jump into 2020, there's a lot of exciting updates and changes coming to Perfect Wedding Guide and we can't think of a better way to kick off the year than inviting you to be part of it. We want to help you each succeed in your small business This Perfect Wedding Guide is owned and operated by a small business family, and um, they want nothing more than to help you succeed. So we're a wonderful wedding community. We invite you to be a part of it, and we can't wait to show you all the amazing things that Perfect Wedding Guide is launching for 2020. It's a perfect opportunity to join in. Once again, thanks for joining us. And until next week's episode, go out, keep being fabo, and have a wonderful wedding weekend.